0: Hi, and welcome to Rebel Revolution. I'm Nikki Hafner. And I'm Allison Gomez. And Rebel Revolution is dedicated to identifying, acknowledging, and challenging the weaponization of privilege and bias by asking the tough questions and dissecting the difficult answers. Allie, how you doing?
1: (laughs) I'm doing good. I mean, I'm anxious, but that's okay, because that is a part of life. But I am overall good. I am busy. Oh? We are, well, I mean, you know that. But we have, as our listeners may or may not know, we have a training coming up in a couple of weeks on the 26th for the four pillars of de-weaponizing privilege and bias. It's going to be a fabulous training, by the way. I am super stoked. Um, but I'm also noticing in trying to market for this training, the... I'm getting a lot of, yeah, those are really good things, but I'm not getting a lot of people saying, yes, I'm willing to invest, um, which is a little bit frustrating on my part. But I'm also new to being an entrepreneur, so some of it's like, hmm, where, where can I learn? But it also made me think about, in general, because I know this isn't just an issue with me, just the issue of people investing and in learning and like, for social justice. So that's just kind of where my head is. What about you, Nikki? Um,
0: I don't know. (laughs) That's an honest answer. (laughs) I'm sorry. My brain totally broke. Um...
1: That is a thing. Sometimes our brain just goes, like, I call it the Microsoft... You know, like uh, on Microsoft, when you're, when something just isn't processing or it's taking too long to process and you have that little hourglass just going in circles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's how my brain is at times. Like there's just like nothing. I didn't even get the processing signal. I went straight to 404, information not found, <laughs> you know, and I was like, wait, wait, that's not how this is supposed to be. Tell me a thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, just kind of like when we're actually on the computer. No, no.
1: Why are you doing this anyway? That's just me you now getting really dramatic, but.
0: <laughs> but what else?
1: That's part of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. So I know you because we've been working so hard on the four pillars of de-weaponizing privilege and bias, a big thing that's been on on our mind is the difference between a performative experience, being a performative ally, and being a effective advocate. Um, And that's a big part of the four pillars, you know. um, And that's what you wanted to talk about today, right, Allie?
1: Well, yeah, okay, because here's because here's the thing and it and again it's not just like us marketing our stuff but it's like what I see in general when it comes to like I'm gonna say like the DEI world um the crap I can't even think of what it's called equity and inclusion diversity equity and inclusion world Mm -hmm. um where a lot of people organizations will try to kind of shortchange the people who are providing the like education on like anti-racism anti you know providing information on being more trans positive or LGBTQIA positive or in general like people don't It feels like people don't truly value it. They value the idea of it. Like, hey, I think this is a wonderful thing that you're doing. And again, not just like my thing. It's like also others that I've heard of. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a wonderful idea. And then they don't invest. They don't pay the money because it's easier to get this information from your black friend, from your gay friend, from the random facebook community that you're a part of from do you
0: want to talk a little bit about why those aren't the proper resources or the proper places to go for this information
1: well okay i'm not saying that they're bad ideas like that's not a bad like i obviously you can use your friends as supports however they are also not your like encyclopedia either like like, we don't want to tokenize our friends. We don't want to depend on them to educate us about everything. Because, one, if you're doing that, then you're asking literally for free emotional labor all the time. I mean, it's one thing if you have a little question here or there. But it's another thing if you're, like, that is your sole, I guess, source. You know, it and it can be pretty draining. And also, that one person's experience doesn't always represent everybody else's experiences. Absolutely. Like, for instance... En- like, for instance, I was thinking about somebody and, you know, they they mentioned like, well, you know, my other friends didn't say anything. It's like almost tokenizing them like, well, they got you got the approval from these other black and brown individuals. So, therefore, what you're saying isn't problematic. And that is also problematic. Um, so, so let's break that... it
0: down. Mm-hmm. Let's break it down to, to very simple things. Um First, you experience a problem. You you experience whatever it is your experience is. And you may see our work and you say, that's valuable to my life experience. That's mm-hmm. valuable. That would be valuable to me. But I don't want to pay for it because I have a black or brown friend. So that's that's this is one issue mm-hmm. we're addressing. We're saying If you're saying, I shouldn't have to pay for this information because I have a person of color who can tell me all the same things, these are the reasons why that's not right. One, it's not their job. You're not, if you're not paying them, it's not their job to tell you all the reasons your belief systems might be wrong. Two, it puts them in a place of danger because do they feel safe telling you or whoever you bring around them at that moment? that that attitude is negative or dangerous for whatever reason, it may bring up trauma for them. So that could also be dangerous. Okay. So those are, those are, I, I think the, the one you brought up, one that I brought in to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason that you brought up, not everybody has the same experience. I have a black friend who, I, I mean, I'm a black woman. He's a black man. You figure that we'd have a lot to talk about in this realm. However, when I say, Do you want to, you know, what about your experiences with racism? He says, I've been very lucky in this way and will not discuss it further. Mm -hmm. So his experience does not correlate to my experience or the experience of the majority of black men. So that's another thing. What are some other reasons?
1: Oh, those are like the main ones, I think. We don't want to tokenize. We don't want to take advantage. Right. And I mean, and what does it really mean? what does it say that I'm not willing to pay for this? I am only willing to learn about the struggles of marginalized groups, marginalized communities, only if I can get it for free. If there's no cost to me, whether it's a cost of time, cost of money, cost of you're essentially weaponizing your privilege and not being willing to invest. I mean, I have told, I've, been told by someone that like i'm not gonna buy the books and i'm not gonna do the research
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's and that's an active weaponization of your privilege against the people who not only did the work but the people that are telling you your actions have real consequences in their lives and you're flat out denying
1: well, and then I'm thinking about like these Facebook groups because I, again, I've seen them, um, oh, I've seen this pattern over and over and over and over where somebody will ask something, or and maybe there's some problematic language, and someone out of the kindness of their heart says, Hey, that's problematic. Here's why. Here's what you can do. Now, when you post stuff online and you're asking for education on these things, free education, you're going to be met with a wide range of Responses. I mean, some of them are going to be, some of the people are going to have more privilege and maybe have more emotional resources to be quote unquote kind about it. While mm-hmm. others might be like at their wits, like, Hey, I got no, I got no more fucks to give. Yeah. You know, and they're not going to tiptoe around your feelings right. and then it becomes a matter of, well, I'm trying to be a better for your community. So you better be nice. Like it's your job to take care of me, even though I'm saying things that are
0: actively hurting you. I think you just nailed it. I really want to highlight what you just said. I'm trying to be better for your community. It's not I'm trying to be a better person. It's not I'm trying to be better for the world at large or for society on a whole or so that my children know that all humans are equal. It's I'm trying to be better for your community. Therefore, you owe me.
1: It's the savior complex.
0: Yeah, very much. I, the only reason I'm changing is because it benefits you. And if you don't recognize that what I am doing benefits you, something's wrong with you. Yeah. It,
1: it, you know, it's like one of those abusive relationships. I'm doing all these things for you. So you better appreciate I know you didn't ask for this and I know you didn't whatever, but you have to appreciate it. And right. if you don't, then you're the problem and not me. Because and- I am so kind and you are so right (laughs) and and that's also part of the problem it's it's i'm going to make this appearance of i'm doing all these things to save you and your community but i'm also not going to do anything to actually invest i'm not going to write you know Mm -hmm. your rep i'm not going to write my representatives i'm not going to make phone calls i'm not going to show up to and okay and also let me rephrase or point this out too you don't have to do everything because you are not ca- capable of doing everything in terms of social justice. You have your own strengths and you being able to use those strengths in the in the cause, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to be used best. So if you're incredibly introverted and you and it just like you're going to be completely wiped and you're not going to be able to be a good person at a protest, then don't do that. So do other things instead. So it's, I'm not bashing you if you can't do all of these things, but it's the how committed and how invested are you in this? Is this so, superficial or so is this superficial?
0: We talked a little bit about some of the attitudes that lead to performative behavior. Let's talk about what those performative behaviors look like. Um, so for example, one might be putting the black square on your page, but that's it. What what else, Allie? What's some perf- more um performative things that you might see out in the wild?
1: Here's one that I experienced on uh a queen, like, on a Facebook post um pers- not my personal one but somebody else's personal one, where this individual this white woman was sharing how she has been reading White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo, which. It's a good book. I wouldn't say that's the end-all be-all book. Obviously read more from black authors, but it is a good book. It has a lot of good information. Mm -hmm. And um, so she's reading it. And this black man calls her out and says, and I don't even remember the whole context, but she was saying something that was kind of racist. And she got so offended and said, how dare you? I used to march. I used to do this why are you attacking me? And I'm thinking, oh my God, there's literally a chapter on just that statement. Clearly you're not reading this. And if you're going around bragging about how this, you're reading this and trying to do better, but ignoring everything in the book, at best, you're just being performative. You're trying to look like you're doing something, but you're doing shit.
0: Right. That's like carrying around Shakespeare so you can pretend to be a scholar. Um, just because you've read the first act of Romeo and Juliet doesn't mean you're a scholar or a Shakespeare scholar or that you know what's about to happen. Because I'm telling pretend. you, it doesn't end it, like you think it
1: does. And it, and it's just pretend. And, and and I think that's the thing is they don't think when you're being performative, you don't feel like it's pretend. You feel like that really is you doing your best. But the ways you can tell in yourself if it's if it's performative is when you're looking at, am I actually truly investing, or am I doing what comes easy? And now you might be saying, well, this is hard. I, you know, I might lose friends. I might cause conflicts. I might, you know, I might say the wrong thing. I might, you know, of course, and those are all very valid. I, think however,
0: that, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think that that's that's the point. Performative, when you're being performative, you're not risking anything because no one, even if somebody says, oh, you're wrong, it's a simple way to, to brush it off or say, I just put a black square up or whatever. Oh, I'm just reading this book. It, that's all that is. It's easy to, to back off from it. It's, it's very easy to not be held accountable when you're being performative. When you're being an effective advocate, all of a sudden your actions have a, a weight. It no longer it's, it's no longer something that you can back off from. Whether it is because you've spent money and now you're handing out bottles of water to the homeless population or because you invested in mutual aid groups and now you're down $25 from your spending money or you, um, you're marching and now your body is present when the cops are attacking people, um, whether you're, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're doing. It's, it's costing you something and it it doesn't have to be money every time, but there's a cost. There's a risk. There's discomfort. Discomfort is a good word for it. There's There's some
1: discomfort and it can be minor discomfort to intense discomfort, depending on how big the risk. And now I'm not you, so I don't know what emotional resources you have. Right. So... Only you can tell how far you can push yourself before you're like gonna, you know, just not gonna be okay. Because I'm not asking anyone to like completely sacrifice themselves either. Because if you, if you want this to be sustainable, you have to be relatively okay. You can't be a
0: martyr. You yeah. you can't it's... martyr yourself if you want to continue to make. Uh, make a difference for example yeah. um a good a good example is martin luther king martin luther king died a martyr not because he murdered himself but because oh, no, he was murdered <laughs> yeah. he, he, he did everything he could and took care of himself and his family and and then was killed. now he there's other problems with martin luther king we won't get into them right now but the fact of the matter is he was murdered because he put himself out there. Now, we don't want you to go get murdered. And some people, some people can only donate water to the cause. Some people can't be at a protest. I'm one of I, I can go to like meetups and stuff. But if you wanted me to march at a protest, I would probably have several anxiety attacks one after the other. So instead of doing that, one way I might get involved is to go to the checkpoints or the setup points ahead of time and drop off things like milk and water.
1: Yeah so it's whatever you can do but you but it needs to cost something time energy money thought and and part of that performative i mean moving from the performative to effective is you have to be willing to deal with the consequences because there is going to be pushback Um, as we talked about in our webinar a lot of this is really kind of about boundaries and the boundaries according to society if you're in a marginalized body you don't get to have boundaries they get to walk all over your boundaries because you make them uncomfortable for whatever like, reason.
0: Know where you come from. Do you remember that woman messaging you that? Or sending, posting you I on I want you Facebook? to
1: remember where you came from.
0: Yeah. You oh, should remember where it? you came from. Where did I come from? I came from the same place as you.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: and
1: so yeah. So, you know, there's that discomfort. And so when you're going to, when you are for the, you're going to get pushback. So part of it is you have to be okay for the pushback and you have to be okay for when you're wrong and you've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about you looking good. It's about, is this helping? Are you you actually contributing and helping a group or are you just becoming a problem? Yeah. (laughs) Is this for you or is this for them? Because if it's for them, it doesn't matter what your feelings are. It's about
0: their feelings. That's exactly right. Especially when you are in a body or in a place where you're not going to be in danger. So this is especially true for people in the United States who are also white. You standing up in a position there and saying I'm standing up to protect so and so, or I'm I'm in this position to to put my myself or my body or or jeopardize my situation. Your jeopardy is significantly less than your black neighbors and friends, than your people mm-hmm. of color, than your friends of colors' uh, risk. Because and I was just I mean five years ago there there is a video um, that I posted on Facebook from five years ago that came up in my feed today. There is a black woman having a conversation with a reporter as a protest is going on behind her. She is not walking with the people. She is not blocking traffic. She is having a conversation with a reporter. In seconds, she is swarmed on by something like seven police arrested and she does not resist she doesn't say anything um she's just like i i wasn't doing anything arms she puts her hands up i wasn't doing anything they immediately immediately arrest her and walk her away by trying to tell the um the uh cameraman and the reporter to shut off everything and not record it because they knew what they were doing was wrong had that woman been a white woman it is almost guaranteed that she would have been left alone Mm-hmm. It's things like that. When people of color are asking for their rights or d- now demanding their rights, hopefully, they are being scorned and discarded and carted off to jail and now having even down to their voting rights removed by these police officers and politicians and so on and so forth.
1: Ooh. Did you hear about the one in te- with Texas?
0: Which one? And the Texas? governor,
1: the governor of Texas. He, um. A lot of the, the Democrats went over to Washington to um, fight against the voter suppression. And don't quote me on all of this because mm-hmm. I don't have like the exact details. But for the most part, here's the gist of it. They, they are fighting against the voter suppression laws that are occurring in Texas. And the governor said, when they come
0: back, we're going to arrest them all. And most of them are women of color. Well, I guess we will see what happens because <laughs> the the voting law that is currently um, being fought against is the one that MLK actually fought so hard to put into effect and now they are trying to repeal it or possibly succeeded. I'm not a hundred percent I didn't finish that article yesterday um anyway i
1: mean but i mean but that's kind of like also the point is here are these individuals who are in higher positions and can have a say and they're literally risking their own freedoms to fight voter suppression laws that is how they are not just saying oh well you know they're literally putting their own liberty at risk because when they go back they're being threatened that you're going to be You're going to be arrested. You're going to be put in a
0: cell. Um, I just looked it up again. Um, The Voting Rights Act, um, it was established in 1965. Uh, It was the one that MLK protested for and fought for so hard. And it is currently still there. They are trying to repeal it. It has not happened yet. Um, But yes, they are trying to repeal it. And it, it it. would not be surprising at all if when people got back to texas they were arrested for leaving to protest which is a protected action in the united states and i mean the judges would throw them out i have watched several times judges recently throwing out cases and saying this is this has been brought to me because of racism fuck you um, but uh <laughs> I also saw two days ago um, mm-hmm. the CPAC conference that was going on in Texas. Ha! Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Eric. When, um, when the, the tr- junior Trump junior, whatever, one of his kids decided to stand up and start talking about Texas. Now I have family from Texas. <laughs> I have a grandmother who grew up there. I have aunts and cousins out there. If you say something rude about Texas. Not only are they going to chew your ass out, but mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a good chance you're not going to make it out of Texas. <laughs> they mean so business. he stood up and he's first he's praising Texas. Let's talk about how great Texas is because they supported Trump. But then a few weeks ago or a few months ago, he says, y'all turned into Austin. You got to fix things. He got booed. It is the first time I have seen a Trump booed at anything Republican. He got booed. <laughs> and it's because Texas loves Texas. <laughs> if we can show Texas that the only reason that they are anti-voting rights is because of these, sh- these Republicans who are not on their side, and we can, they were, if we can show them the value of programs like ours that can teach them how they benefit just as much from the voting right laws. How p- people like my great aunt, who was in her 80s, who can't get to the voting, uh, to the voting places on her own anymore. You know, it, her and her husband can't drive in the evenings. They, um, they have to drive slow. They can only go to certain places. All of these restrictions are going to limit her ability to vote because as of now, she votes by mail. If these things pass, she won't be allowed to do that anymore. If we can show Texans that the laws they're trying to put in place directly affect Texas negatively, maybe they'll help everybody else. I'm probably going to cut all of that because it really doesn't apply to anything else we were talking about.
1: Well, you know what? I think, it, but I think, it, I think it's useful. And I'm just kind of thinking, if we're talking about performative, I wonder, but I don't pretty sure most of these people but i don't know so um i recently posted an instagram reel like this morning about the different types of privilege because there are so many different types Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: this is how you know you have some when you're a white man going in my comments and telling me how i'm how this is dumb and asking for free emotional labor how the fuck is then a privilege eat right and work out unless you have some condition or illness it's like yeah, I'm not seeing this is when I'm talking about emotional emotional labor. I could educate him when he's not interested, and he doesn't deserve that. And that is even a privilege to say things like, well, fine, you don't have to provide emotional labor. Mm-hmm. And that's the point is a lot of people won't pay for it. So people who are part of those marginalized communities have to do the free emotional labor, because how else are we going to try to protect people within our own communities and in other marginalized communities so if you really are invested in this you're going to be investing your time and energy and money into buying the resources into learning more details into being vulnerable and being willing to make the mistakes so you can do better instead of having marginalized individuals have to take care of you and make it about you because now it's is it really for them or are we centering you? Yeah, so
0: did I he him, ask that question because he had a question or did he ask that question to try to call you out? Oh, he was calling me out. And then oh, yeah. I told him, oh, then I told him he can sign up for our training if he would like to learn more. And then he
1: gave me a thumbs down.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if you guys want to learn more about why thin privilege exists, you can listen to next week's episode a little bit. But if you want to deep dive into it. Contact us. We have consultations available. We have one-on-ones available. We can provide that for you. All you have to Mm -hmm. do is head over to rebelrev.co and find all that information.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, we are about towards the end of our mini
0: episode. That's right. We are done. Um, sorry, it's a short one. We did that webinar last week, and it was free. Uh, we may have more coming up. Check out Co for information on any webinars, trainings, or anything else you may be interested in signing up for. Ooh. Also, I, I set it up so we can
1: now have a newsletter. <laughs> sorry, like, I am not most, the most techno I get technology when I get it, and when I don't, I do not get it. And so I've finally figured out how to kind of set up a newsletter thing. So if you would like to get updates about the things that are going on, you can always sign up for that. Um, Right now, we're in the middle of selling the four pillars to de-weaponizing privilege and bias. And again, it's going to be loads. Well, okay, I I enjoy talking about this as difficult as it is. So I know for me, I'm really going to enjoy the process. But it's also going to be very informative. It's going to leave you feeling more aware of your own identities and mm-hmm. how that impacts the work that you do. We're going to give you lots of tools on how to cope with that discomfort because, again, it is going to be uncomfortable. There is no way around it, like, at all. But we also don't want you, self, you know, emotionally self-destructing. So we want to give you the tools to help you work through that because that's important and we're going to also give you ideas on how do you move beyond that performative to truly investing so you're not like these a-holes on instagrams calling me ridiculous for saying that there's a thing called privilege (gasps) gasp
0: (laughs) all right guys uh go ahead and find us at rebelrev.co or on our socials at rebelrev underscore um you can find me at hafner nikki on twitter And you can find me at Allison Gomez LMFT on Instagram. That's Alison with one
1: L. They're a very special kind.
0: Yes, we are. (laughs) And I
1: forgot to mention that. Yes, I am.
0: I am a very. Yeah. All right. We are going to go. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Toodles.